Come on, jam your hands together for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the bright and the morning star, the one who was, who is, and who is to come, our ever-present help in the time of trouble. Come on, you can do better than that. You can do better than that. Worship him, worship him, worship him, worship him, worship him. He's the King eternal, immortal, the invincible, the only wise God. Give him honor and glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And ever. Amen. 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 Father, Lord, we thank you for your awesome presence in this place. We thank you for your wonderful people. We thank you because you know everybody here by name. You, you have a plan and a destiny for them. Even as we come to the end of the year, Father, Lord, we pray that you would align each person with your plan and your purpose. You will visit somebody here this morning. You will turn their life around for good. You will bring them to a, a large place. You have caused men to ride over their heads in 2013. Bring them to a wealthy place in 2014. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in his presence and tell the next person to you. Say you, are, you should be glad you are sitting next to me. Say you are, Tell them you are blessed to be sitting next to me. Say, by the time God is finished with me today, you will want to take me out to dinner. And then you reply and say, be very mindful how you treat me. Because in the next few years, you may, I may be paying your bills. Then, then you tell them, you know, with vengeance, say, you be careful how you treat me. Because in another few years, you may be working for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Are you excited to be in God's house? And uh, <laughs> uh, more excited to be in God's favorite house. Come on, jam your hands together for a wonderful God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. It's not my first time you know, in your church, well, it's my first time in God's favorite house, but I've been to minister for Pastor Femi a number of times, so I, for a number, who has ever seen or heard me before? Anybody here? Okay, there, most of you are new, you are newborn babies, and so, so if you've never met me before, then you haven't met my wife before. How many of you have ever met my wife? Put up your hand. If you've not met my wife, you've not met a beautiful woman yet. Yes, and if you've not met her, if you die today, they will send you back <laughs> from heaven because uh, you have to meet my wife before you go to heaven. And unfortunately, she, she actually arrived from London this morning, so she couldn't make it. So hopefully you will get to meet her soon. Amen. Amen. She's the, the measure temperature in centigrade, isn't it? The, in this world, Beauty is measured in my wife's own grade. Her name is Bimbo. It's measured in Bimbo grade. So if you have a wife, uh, maybe your wife is 75 Bimbo grade. <laughs> Hallelujah. And like pastor said, I have two lovely sons. I, uh, my wife and I, I love your pastors very, very much. On my own 40th birthday, some, a few years back, um, about five years back, they actually flew in just to come for my birthday. Um, and I know he's going to turn 40 soon, 
Unfortunately, I was only told a few days ago. Uh, but um, please do wish your pastor a very happy 40th birthday for me. This morning, I have a word for you, um, which I believe um, somebody needs as we turn into the new year. Tell somebody next to you, say, I will live and not die. Tell somebody next to you, say, watch this space. Because in 2014, I'm going to manifest in a different way. Say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay, turn your Bibles quickly with me to the book of John chapter 10, verse 4 to 5. John 10, 4 to 5. I have, like Pastor had mentioned, a number of books. I've written 10 books to up until now. Um, I have a number of passions I've written on marriage, uh, dreams and destiny, how to interpret dreams, um, a book on uh, called uh, 12 Things You Don't Know That Could Be Destroying You. I, I may talk a bit about that or from that um, in the second service. Um, one thing you can do, I, w- I wish I could go home with you after the service, but my wife won't let me. But you can take a, a, a bit of me home with you with my books. I'm going to preach for a few minutes. Uh, I can't preach a lot, say a lot of what I know, but you can take my materials with you. This morning, I'm going to be sharing. If you can, turn your Bibles with me to the book of John chapter 10. It's going to be a snippet from one of the CD packs that I have. So I can only start the beginning of it. You can, you know... Um, get the rest of it from the park if you, if you want to. John 10, 4, 4 to 5 says, And when he brings out his own sheep, this is Jesus is speaking about, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Tell somebody next to you, say, I, I, I know the voice of God. Or I will know the voice of God. Verse 5 says, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, Tell somebody next to you, say, I will not hear the voice of the devil. I will not hear the voice of my flesh. But will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the strangers. Uh, if you have um, time, also turn your Bibles to the book of First Samuel chapter 3, verse 8. And it says, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. Then he arose and went to Eli. And said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had, Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Tell somebody next to you, say, will you know when God is speaking to you? And that's the title of my message this morning. Will you know when God is speaking to you? Or another subtitle is 10 ways to know when God is speaking. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that this morning, as we sit down to hear your word, that you will speak to us. Open somebody's eyes this morning. Open somebody's ears. And open up their destiny. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everybody. You see, I believe very strongly that as we come to the end of the year, that this is a critical time in the life of every single one of us. Many, many of you would be aware that it is at the end of the year that the enemy begins to get nervous. And this is the time where, you know, you'll find that, you know, there are usually a lot of accidents, deaths, and all the work. And 
I believe very strongly in my heart that every single person here will live and not die to see 2014 and to see it in a glorious way. But as we move into another year, as we transition into another year, we need to begin to ask some questions of ourselves and of God. We need to begin to, in a sense, uh, begin to prepare for the next year so that we don't repeat the mistakes of this year. And so if you started in this year with greatness, you want to enter into next year with even greater greatness. The Bible says that the path of the just man shines what? Brighter and brighter. Which means if you shone brightly this year, you should shine what? Brighter in the coming year. And I am more than convinced that the only way a Christian will shine is if they could hear the voice of God. You see, if you, I always say this, by the grace of God, God has blessed me and helped me. I've been in ministry for 21 years. And I tell people, if you took everything away from me, and I pray that will not happen. But if you took everything away from me, the church, my car, my house, my businesses, or even if you drop me in the middle of a desert in Mali, just give me the ability to hear God again. I will recover all those things back and more. You see, the whole of Christianity is premised on the ability to hear God. You cannot be successful if you don't know what your assignment in this life is. And it is only God that can tell you. You cannot be successful in this life if you don't know what kind of job you should be doing. And it is only God that can show you. I dare say, this is the most important one, you will not be successful if you do not marry the right husband or wife. In fact, you will go to an early grave if you marry the wrong one. Tell somebody next to you, say, if you are married, you are married to the right person. Uh, don't ask me if you, are, if you are married to the right person. Or if you are married, you are what? Married to the right God will make it right. Because some people will say, our pastor said, and then tomorrow they are beginning to say, let's go to the courts. God forbid. And so, why do I say that? The Bible says, that my, and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. This scripture verse in John 10 is actually gotten from a very common scripture that you and I know and we knew from when we were in primary school. And that is in Psalm 23, which says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not what? Want. He makes me do what? Lie down in green pastures. Which means, if the Lord is not your shepherd, you will what? Want. If the Lord does not lead you, you will always end up in dry places. You know, I know I heard pastor say you've been dealing with altars, isn't it? I mean, the second service, I may talk a bit about that. But you see, it doesn't matter whether there's an altar speaking against you or not. If you don't have God speaking to you as it were, you will end up in very terrible places. But I see somebody here entering into green pastures. He says, he leads me in still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. In fact, the, the, the New Testament puts it this way. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God are what? The sons of God. Which means if you are not led by the Spirit of God, I don't know what you are. And so this morning, I want to share with you ten ways. By the time we finish, by the grace of God, you will find that God has already been speaking to you. And then by the time we finish, if he already has, you will upgrade to the next level of hearing God. Tell somebody next to you, say upgrade. The first way through which God speaks, and it's a way, these ten ways, I have divided them into compartments. 
The first is, uh, there are four compartments. The first is the standard way, and then the second is the natural way, the third is the supernatural way, and the last is spectacular way. And so, um, since they are ten, I've put them in classes of three, three of them in, in, in groups of three, but the first way is in a class of its own. Everybody shout the standard way. The standard way through which God speaks is his word, the word of God. And when I say the word of God, I'm speaking in two terms. Number one, God will not do anything outside of what he has said in the Bible. Does that make sense? Now, if you want to know, many of you here don't know me personally. But if you want to know how I think, say for example, you say, look, this man that came from London is, you know, is like he just dropped from outer space. Uh, what is his philosophy? Apart from hearing me preach today, you want to know how I think more. All you need to do is to pick up one of my books, and when you, by the time you've read it through, you would understand the way I think. Does that make sense? And in the same way, we have never seen God before. If you want to understand the way God thinks, read the book he wrote. You know, unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, uh, we hear all sorts of stories. These days, people don't read their Bible. I mean, we are, my wife and I are on television, in the, both in the UK and here. And um, so we got, we got a, an email from a lady who was asking a question because we do a lot of stuff on marriage. And she said, she asked the question that, oh, she's been looking to, um, uh, to, to find a partner for many years and she's not been able to find one. So she went to see one pastor who said he was going to do deliverance on her. And that in order to do deliverance, to cast out the spirits, of husband delay, he had to sleep with her. What do you think? I know you are in a better church than that. So, I mean, imagine her asking me that. If she read her Bible, won't she know the will of God? Uh-huh. So, there is no such thing in what? The Bible. There's no such thing as bring coconut or drink some water or the other. All you need is the Holy Ghost. And so, concerning whether you should marry or not, it is written in the Bible. Some, somebody asked me, I said, I don't know if God wants me to marry. Should I tell you the answer right now? If you feel like marrying and you have the desire, it is God's plan for you to marry. Those who, <laughs> if, if God does not want you to marry, you won't feel it. I'll come to that later. The Bible says that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall do what? Meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is in it. So that is essentially the word of God. There are two things concerning the word of God. There's what you call the logos, which is the general word. It tells you you can marry. It tells you you should get a, have a job. It tells you that God wants to prosper you and, and give you wealth. How many of you believe that? That God wants to prosper you? It tells you that you will come to a place of increase. But concerning the word of God, there's another uh, um, uh, a dimension to it, which is the rema or the specific word. Even though the general word tells you you can marry, even though it tells you you will have a house that you did not build, amen, somebody? Even though it tells you that you will have a job, it doesn't tell you who you should marry, neither does it tell you where you should live, neither does it tell you what kind of job to do. And that's where we come into the rema or the specific or relevant word. An example of this is in the book of Matthew 14, verse 28 to 29. It says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. 
on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on water to go to Jesus. In this particular scripture verse, we see that 12 disciples were on the boat and they saw Jesus coming. And it was only one disciple that asked, should I come? Did you see that? And who did Jesus speak to? That one disciple. Now, if Thomas had seen Peter walking and said, ah, see Peter, we are classmates. We graduated at the same time. And he's walking on water. I too should be able to walk on water. If he had stepped on the water, what would have happened to him? He would have sunk. Now, that's the same thing that happens when we see somebody who has come to a place where they heard God concerning marriage and they stepped out into marriage and they look like they are walking on water. And I say look like. We may talk about that <laughs> later on. But if, they, if that person is God's will for them, they will walk on water. But then somebody, another sister sees Sister Janet in marriage and said, well, we, we graduated together. I too should be able to pick my own husband and get married. How many of you know that Sister Janet may walk on water, but the other one will sink? There's a gentleman who, a friend of mine, we were colleagues in, 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 in school. He saw me in ministry, saw me doing well in ministry, heard me preaching. He said, I can, I, we, were, we were colleagues together. I can even preach better than him. And he went and started his own church. I don't need to tell you that that ministry is already sinking. What am I trying to say? It is one thing to know that God wants you married. It is one thing to know that God wants you to be in ministry. But there is something about the fact that does God want you in this ministry or does God want you married to this person? Number two, the natural way. Everybody says circumstances. God speaks through us through our circumstances too. If you look at the book of Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 to 4, it's quite evident there. It says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea. And that's so that the ship was about to be broken up. Your ship will not break up. Amen. Under circumstances, there are three ways God speaks. The first is open doors. You see, what, do I, what is a door? A door is when you... You want to do something, you're about to enter, say, maybe a business, or you're about to go, as it were, into a particular field. And each time you go, you meet a blockage. A door is usually found between two walls, isn't it? So if you keep trying to enter into something, maybe a particular business or into something, and you keep meeting a, a barrier or a blockage, then all of a sudden, you see an opening, that's a door. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 8, he said, door effectual has been opened unto me but there are what? Many adversaries. Anybody here that has been meeting locked doors as you enter in 2014 I see doors opening before you. You will find that many times when God doesn't want you to go into a certain direction he will close the doors. We see here with Jonah that the way he closed the door was by shaking the boat and throwing him into the mouth of the fish. And when he decided to obey, what happened? The, 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 the uh, uh, whale Atlantic, you know, Virgin Atlantic, whale Atlantic took him to the mouth of the place God wanted him to. But I will have you know that not every open door is a door you should walk through. 
How do I know that? Because not all doors are good doors. If you, um, you if, if a, a lift, the, the door of an elevator opened before you and there is no lift there, what will happen? You would go straight down and crash. You will not crash in Jesus' name. Some people will say when I speak concerning marriage, oh, the fact that the sister smiled at you doesn't mean she's your wife or your husband. Let's move on very quickly. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 32, speaks of seasons. Everybody say door, then season. Another dimension of circumstances through which God speaks through our circumstances is seasons. It may be God's will, I may be talking a bit about marriage today. I mean, when I say using various examples, it's because that's my area of emphasis, but I will use different examples at the same time. It may be God's will for a person to be married, but it may not be God's when. It may be God's will for somebody to go into a certain business, but it may not be what? God's when at at the same time. The Bible says that the men of Issachar, they understood the times and they knew what Israel ought to do. How many of you would like to travel abroad or live abroad or do so? Oh, nobody. If I gave you a visa, won't you come? Uh, no, you didn't put up your hand the first time. All those who want to travel abroad, put up your hand. God bless you. Okay, let me say something about that. It's, it's probably God's will. And you have been going to the visa office for the past many, and they haven't, but it may not be God's when. Does that make sense? When I, some years ago, many years ago, I wanted to, I wasn't a Christian then. I wanted to go so desperately. I even was ready to buy a passport. But the doors were shut on me (laughs) all the time until it was God's when. Listen to this. My other colleagues who went at the time when it wasn't time ended up working in places, cleaning hotels, and doing various things. When it was God's time for me to go abroad, I entered on a platter of gold. All expenses paid. When it is God time, God's time, he will make everything beautiful in his time. Tell somebody next to you, say, I see you walking in God's timing. There's a young gentleman. Let me speak again concerning marriage. Some, how many of you are single here? Put up your hands. Okay. How many of you are double? I mean, sorry, how many of you are married? Put up your hands. God bless you. So quite an equal amount. Yeah. There is a young gentleman. Those of you who are single, if you are asking the question, when is the right time to get married? Let me answer that question by giving you an illustration. There was a young guy in my church. He came up to me after a service. I was about to drive out away from church after a Sunday service. And he said to me that, oh, you know, pastor, that, uh, you know, I know he has a girlfriend in America, a young girl, and that he's thinking of leaving school and leaving everything to go to America to go and get married to her. So I looked at him and I said, "Um, okay, what do your parents think? What are they saying about it? He said, don't mind my parents. He said, if I go, they will disown me. I said, okay, why? He said, well, because I'm a student uh, I haven't finished my um, 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 course, and they said I should finish it before I go. And I looked at him. I said, okay. I said, um, 
I don't agree, I don't disagree with your parents. And so he was looking at me like, oh, but God said. So you know what I told him to do? Unfortunately, they just brought the book, this book. I would have read it to you from the exact page that I read from. So I told him to run into church to bring this book, the little things that uh, make a big difference in your marriage. And I said, quickly run in, bring the book, turn to page, I think 40-something or something. And he, he turned there. I said, read it to me. Essentially, unfortunately, I really wish I had, I had turned to the page earlier. And the book essentially said, and read. If I can find it, I would, I will read it to you later. He said that, I wrote a statistics, um, a, a particular fact in there that said that people who marry, okay, I think it's here somewhere, okay, that you need to be physically mature before you get married. And he said a certain statist, um, um, research was done, and it was found that people who got married, yeah, between the ages of 20, 24 and above, yeah, had a greater likelihood of staying married than people who married between the ages of 20 and 22. So when he read it, and when he finished reading it, I asked him, how old are you? He said, 22. I said, it is not God's will for you to get married. Does that make sense? So he was looking at me. I said, I didn't write this book five minutes ago. I wrote it without knowing you were going to get married. I said, these are proven facts. That you are not mature yet. So, when we talk about seasons, listen to there's a time and a season for everything. You know, those of, some, sometimes there are certain things we don't need to pray about. You know, and we say, I've been praying, I've been praying, I haven't heard anything. God says, stop praying because go and read a book. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, God also speaks through events. Let's move on very quickly. Number three, third way God speaks is through sanctified common sense. Tell somebody next to you, say, you need to get some of that. <laughs> sanctified common sense is essentially it means that this is sense that is not common it is common sense that is passed through God's thinking Okay, are you ready and there are three dimensions to that this is a teaching it's actually not preaching but I believe very strongly that if you get these things you know covered 2014 will be a great year for you and what is Sanctified common sense. The first is God will speak through your desire. Genesis, um, the book of Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will do what? He will give you the desires of your heart. Again, please remember I said I'm going to use a lot of marriage principles. But it's not just about marriage. So I always say this, that <laughs> here it is. Some people ask, will you like the person that God gives to you, what do you think? Okay, let me answer it this way. One lady told me, said uh, that one brother came to meet her, and the guy is an intercessor. Everybody knows he's an intercessor. He moves principalities. And then the brother came and said that, uh, Shade, you're my wife. God said you're my wife. And she started shaking. So she came to meet me. She said, ah, pastor, I don't like brother John, but Angels follow him around. <laughs> and if God has said that, could it be that this is my husband and I'm just being rebellious? So I said to her, and please take note of this. You might be married, but this is a principle. I said, if 
God supposedly sends, you see angel Gabriel, angel Michael, and any other angel, they show up with Elijah, Moses, and all the other major prophets. And they come on 2,000 chariots. And they tell you, oh, Sister Shani, Sister Shani, this is your husband. If you don't have any feeling for the man, tell them, when I have the feeling, come back. <laughs> that if this is God's will for me, tell God to put the desire in me. Never marry anybody without the feelings. You know why? Because when you marry with feelings, inside the marriage, the feeling will disappear. Oh, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Those who are married don't want to shout so that their husband or their wife will not feel. <laughs> are you understanding what I'm saying? Uh, listen to this. I say this when I talk about marriage. That uh, They say, but love is blind. I say, uh, marriage is an eye-opener. If you've never seen a miracle before, get married. Amazing grace. Once I was blind, now you will... Uh, in Yoruba, they say Tabasuku Amarero, which means. <laughs> are, are you understanding what I'm saying? Everybody shout desire. The same way when you are trying to enter into a job or a, a ministry or something, if it is God's will for you, you will have the desire for it. But how many of you know that God does not walk through desire alone? Somebody say he's preaching well. Uh-huh. I can't even close the message now. Okay. Oh, you want me to close now? Okay, the next thing under sanctified, can you see sanctified common sense? Is wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Tell someone next to you, say, say God gave you something between your two years to use. Uh, listen to this. Sanctified common sense or wisdom essentially means that, okay, you like the person. Okay? If you remember, I'm using marriage to speak about your business. I'm using marriage to speak about um, the kind of job you should be doing or what kind of ministry. You, you like the person. You have the desire. But does it mean you should marry the person? No. What is wisdom? Wisdom is taking time to use your, your brain to study the person or to study the business or to study the market or to study the ministry. I like does not mean I should marry. And this speaks of looking at patterns. So, you like the person. But before you marry the person, make sure you visit the person's home. Look at, how can you marry a person without ever visiting their house? See, go to their kitchen. Go to their toilet. Ah, you will get revelations there. You will hear the voice of the Lord. Listen to this. If their toilet is not clean, it will not be clean when you get married to them. Don't go, to, don't go to their bedroom. Or, do you understand? Unless you are escorted by a friend. <laughs> Listen to this. Go and visit their parents. You see, I say this a lot to people who live in England or abroad. Because everybody in England enters train, even the prime minister. So it's a, London is a leveler. Everybody goes on the bus. But when you come back here, one person goes to my Ajangbadi, the other one goes to Victoria Island. Now, there's nothing wrong in that. But the issue is this. <laughs> People get married there and come back and say, you lied to me. 
He said, I didn't lie to you. We were entering the same bus. You didn't ask me whether I had car here or not. Am I making sense? Okay. That's even uh, uh, somehow. When you want to get married to a person, go and meet their parents. You know why? Whatever the mother looks like, that's the way the woman will look like in two years' time. Yes, so you married a 33 centiliter Coke bottle, she will become a one liter bottle. If that's how our mother is. Am I making sense? Ah, tell somebody next to you, say he's preaching better than you are shouting. If you can't if you can't shout hallelujah, shout out. <laughs> Listen to this. If the father is four months pregnant, that's how he will be after he's eating your pounded yam. Am I making sense here? <laughs> I mean, you need to do check if the person is SS or AS or whatever. You don't say, oh, all things are passed away. All things are passed away. You will find that those old things will show up in your marriage. Tell somebody next to you, say, he's talking about you, not me. <laughs> the next thing is tests. We're still talking on sanctified common sense. Tests. Everybody say tests. <laughs> if you are going to go into business with a person, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm ne- I never cease to get shocked. I've been a, a believer for, I mean, a, a Christian for about 23 years, 23 years, up until this year, I still got duped by a Christian friend. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, so, you are trying to go into business. God, should I go into business with this person or not? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, God, should I uh, uh, do this with this person? Listen to this. God himself tests people before he uses them. And so, again, like I said, I will use marriage as my platform. If you are getting married, why am I using marriage consistently? Because, you see, if you can get it right with marriage, you will get it right in business. Because marriage is a long-term permanent relationship. And so in this instance, (laughs) concerning business or ministry, you know, the Bible says lay hands on no man suddenly. This essentially is speaking to a pastor saying, don't put anybody into an office suddenly. Now, if he's speaking concerning putting people in ministry, guess what? The same way, don't lay hands on any woman suddenly too. Before you get married, test the people. What does it mean to test? Don't marry them yet. Take them out to dinner or let them take you out to dinner. If you are a man, take them out to dinner. If you are a woman, let them take you out to dinner. In fact, if you are a woman and he's telling you to take him out to dinner, that's a test. He has failed it. That's how you'll be carrying him. You'll be the one paying for the petrol. You'll be the one buying the food in the house. You'll be the one paying the rent. <laughs> he will ask you to, ah, let's go and beg your dad to give us some money. Mm-hmm. When you go to dinner, watch how they eat. If they are eating like, 
That's how they'll be eating. Uh, you see, all these things you are laughing at, eh? those are the things that break marriage. Uh, eh, that's why I wrote the book. The little things that what make it, it's the little things that break the marriage. Oh, you think it's adultery. Adultery doesn't come first. It comes after, see the, see the goats I married. <laughs> Most people went to bed married thinking they married beauty. Then they woke up in the morning finding out they married the beast. You will find that a lot of people who are disappointed in marriage found out things within the first three, what am I saying, three months, three weeks of their marriage, and then they regretted it. Tests how the person eats, how the person handles money, put them in situations. In fact, go make sure you meet them with their friends. You know, they say birds of the same feather uh, do what? You see the friends are 419-ish. He's a 419. Are you making sense? Because I am. <laughs> okay, let me move on very quickly. Number four, mentors. I need to know how many more. When, when am I stopping? I, don't, I need to know how many more minutes I have. Tell me the time exact. 15. 15 Okay. Everybody say mentors. Okay. Now, the Bible says where there is no cancer, these are the natural ways. Where, where there is no cancer, the people fall. Proverbs eleven fourteen. In but in the multitude of counselors, there's what? Safety. So God will speak through mentors. I'm going to use uh, uh, one major example. Our church will be 18 years by January. Okay. And oh, okay, if you want to clap, clap around. Thanks. When I started the church, I started the church with six people and 250 pounds. God helped us. In the first year, we grew like 100. By the second year, 200. I mean, so we started, remember, we started with six. And then for about three years or so, we just stopped at the 200 level. And I, so I thought, even if it means also adding 100 every year, okay, it won't be bad. But we just stopped at 200, and I did everything. Prayed, fasted, did everything possible. Dry, on dry. I went on retreats. Not, so one day I was on a retreat, and I was praying, God, the God of breakthrough, the church of God of church growth, come through for me. And I just heard God whisper in my heart. He said, I don't reinvent the wheel. I said, what do you mean by that? Say, you are paying for church growth here. You have 200 members. And I'm saying literally three streets away, there is a man that pastors the largest church in Western Europe. He has 2,000 members right now. That was then. Probably has much more now. And he said, he has 2,000, you have 200. He said, I don't reinvent the wheel. If you want to hear about church growth, I'm not going to send Angel Gabriel to tell you. Go up the street and ask that man how he did it. Tell somebody next to you, say mentors. Hmm? Are you hearing how God speaks? Can you see he's been speaking to you since? And so, I said, to fear Is That's how they say it, isn't it? What does it mean? God forbid. You know why? 
the man is a great man, but I'd heard so many bad stories about him. I said, ah, no, I hear he's a, this, I hear he's a. I said, then your church will not grow. Ah, I said, no, God, no. this church must grow. So to keep it, cut a long story short, I now booked an appointment with the man. And to confirm what I said, the secretary told me he can't see me unless I wait for three months. I said, you see, God, you see what I t- told you? You don't know. I know. This man is not a good man. And when it was time to see him, they now told me to come out one month later. I said, God, eh, I know what's happening here. <laughs> anyway, to cut a long story short, I went to see the man. And when I went in, I told the man, many of you know who he is. Of course, his church is much larger now. And I was telling him about how we were struggling with 200. It was supposed to be a 30-minute meeting. But when I sat in front of this man, he just laughed. He said, I should pick up. He said, you see that shelf there? Pick up the book in the middle. I brought oh, He said, open it up. The book was called Breaking Church Growth Barriers. And then when I read through the, the uh, title, I mean the content, I saw that there is a 200 barrier, there's a 400 barrier, there's an 800 barrier, and there's a 3,000 barrier. I said, huh? He said, read chapter 12. You will break through. Tell somebody next to you, say, the wisdom for your next level is hidden in a book. (laughs) But listen to this. Unfortunately, like Miles Monroe says, if you want to hide a thing from a black man, put it in a book. So you people will keep fasting and praying. Doing wet fast, dry fast, on dry fast. God, 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 alone, alone, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Meanwhile, it's in a book. This man, how did he enter into church growth? He went somewhere in America. He's, he walked past after he finished preaching the church. They had some old books there. And he saw one little book written by a man called Robert Schuller. It was a tattered second-hand book. That book today will not be worth 150 naira. He picked it up. He read that book. That's what transformed his life. Mentors are also important in choosing a partner. Or mentors are also important in marriage counseling if you are married. I'm telling you, there's nothing new under the sun. Whatever marriage problem you are going through, in-law, financial, the thing is, a lot of married people, they don't, uh, we know, you say, ah, if you have problems, don't go anywhere. Maybe you shouldn't go to your in-laws. Go to your pastor. Or go to mentors who are, have good marriages. Number five, for sake of time, impression. Everybody shout impression. Now, this is a very powerful one. Acts chapter 27 says, Now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because of the fast, or because the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, Men, I perceive, everybody say, I perceive, that this voyage will end in disaster not only of the cargo and ship, but also of our lives. God also speaks through our impression. This is under the supernatural ways. God will speak to your heart. I call them checks or prompts. A prompt is God telling you to move ahead even when you don't feel like it. 
Even when your natural circumstances, your wisdom, your desire says otherwise, does that make sense? I said, God says, go forward. A check is when God says, don't go forward, even though your natural senses says, go ahead. Now, let me give an example. You know, remember the Dana air crash? Was it last year? It was last year. There's a particular lady, her name is called Obipax Harry. If you look at the manifest, yeah, when that plane crashed, of the names of the people who were there, you will see her name on there. But she did not die. Aren't you wondering how that happened? What it was is that she was, she bought the ticket and she was scheduled to be on the flight. But she woke up that morning and she had had a dream. It was a very bad dream. But she discarded it. Something about death and all of that stuff. And again, when she woke up and she went to the toilet, she had this allergy on her face. Her face was swollen. But she discarded it. Then when she got to the airport, she had checked in her luggage. But as she was checking in, she had a check in her spirit. A, a, a discomfort. A, a, a loss of peace about traveling. But something told her, ah, but she was supposed to have come from, she was coming to my, um, Bishop Michael Kungo's wife's 60th. And so, something told her, but you have to go there. But she had a strong check. Don't go. You know what she did? She told the airline agents to take her luggage off the plane. And she didn't go. The rest is history. How many of you want to be led like that? You can be. You know, we always say prayers as we enter into the year. We will live and not die. You will live and not die. But how will you live and not die when you hear the voice of God? Other people are going like this and it looks like that's the way to go. But then you get a check. Don't go. You will receive impressions. In Jesus' name. Number six is preaching. For sake of time, I won't go through as I'm speaking now, you are hearing the voice of God. Number seven is prophecy. I mean, for sake of time, I won't spend time on that. But God speaks through other people who prophesy. I mean, it, it, it's, it's something I deal with extensively in this book. Keys to Unlocking Your Dreams and Destiny. I also have uh, CDs uh, that would help you, enlighten you on that, to that effect. Number eight, I'm going somewhere. Number eight is dreams. God also speaks through our dreams, but not every dream is from God. Not every dream is what? From God. If you have something strong enough as a desire in your heart, you will dream about it. Again, marriage. You've been seeing a man, a guy, he's talking to you, you like him. You say, then you say, eh, let me go and pray. But let me go and pray. You looked at his photograph before you slept. You will dream about him. The commonest dream of single people is that they dreamt, especially single ladies, that they were wearing white and the man was wearing suit and they were at the altar. That's the commonest dream that comes to pastors. Say, therefore, it's my husband. <laughs> okay, and then the next is visions. Okay, yes, so in that book, I talk about how to interpret your dreams, how to know when God is speaking. But then visions is another way. There are different kinds of visions. There are open visions and there are closed visions. But let me give you an example of um, many of you, God has spoken to you through the various other means, but I believe God wants to upgrade you as you enter into 2014. Tell somebody next to you, say upgrade. upgrade. 
And so, there was a day, it was sometime last year, actually about this time last year, I went to preach in one of our uh, daughter churches. And I was, as I was ministering, I called out certain people. And I was standing in front of this couple. And we began to worship as I was about to pray for them. And as I shut my eyes, I saw the name Hezekiah. And I just looked up. The church is not, they are not up to maybe a hundred people. I said, is there anybody called Hezekiah here? Now, anybody here, is there anybody called Hezekiah here? I doubt it very much. Okay, let me ask another question. Does anybody know anybody called Hezekiah here? Yes or no? Put up your hand. I've only heard of one Hezekiah before. Actually, two. One in the Bible, the other one is Hezekiah Walker. It is a very rare name. So I said, is there anybody called Hezekiah? And the woman standing in front of me just shouted and ran to the back of the church. Picked up a three-year-old boy and ran to the front and started crying. I was wondering, what's happening here? She put him down and says, his name is Hezekiah. And they are just diagnosed him as having an incurable disease. Anyway, we prayed for him. The rest is history. What I'm essentially trying to say is this. God doesn't only speak when you are sleeping. You can push yourself and desire to get yourself to the point where God speaks to you even while you are awake. The last point, are you ready, is the audible voice. Who would like to hear God's audible voice? I know you would like. Start with uh, the word of God first. And then you will graduate. Can I tell you this story and close? Huh? Okay. About when I first got into England, eight, 19 years ago, as to start to, as a missionary, I first went to a Bible school called Kensington Temple. And I was a single guy. I, was, I just started the church. I was pastoring. Actually, I think I was a year or two into, the, into pastoring the church. And everybody said I should get married. It's not good to pastor a church single. And so I was looking for a wife. And I'd been single as a Christian for seven years. How many of you know that when you're at that point, you will see a wife in every... <laughs> anything that moves. And so... <laughs> Here I was, I just finished a lecture in Bible school, and this is the way England, London, has, runs by trains. And there's what you call the London Underground. It's a train that goes from various ends of London to the other. Anyway, here I was in Bible school in North Acton, at the end of one line of the train. I get onto the train, so it's the beginning of, does that make sense? It's the beginning. And then this young lady from the same Bible school, but from another year, enters. Now, she's a very, she was a very pretty lady. Now, in the light of all that I taught you, the desire was there. Hmm? Sanctified common sense says she's in Bible school, she's a Christian. Not only Christian, ministry material. I'm a pastor. What do you think? <laughs> ah, I mean, you're in the spirit. 
And then we are in the train alone. What do you think? Circumstances say, this must be the Lord. The doors open. <laughs> but as she sat down and the train was about to start moving, as I was about to stand up, God said, don't speak to her. I said, eh? This is my season of breakthrough. <laughs> Now, the, the London Underground goes, I mean, where my destination was, this is the beginning, was at the end of the other line, of this line, and it was an hour's journey. And so both of us were sitting in the train, not talking to each other, going from station to, and there will be darkness, light, darkness, light. Now, from where I'm coming from, when there is darkness, that's when you move. But when the Spirit of God says, <laughs> that's from the world. You see, I'm, I'm using this, all these examples because your flesh can speak to you too. Okay? I got to the end of the other line. I came off the, the train. I said, God, are you sure? I'm not going to see this woman a, again. And God said, don't speak to her. As I was walking away, I just, after about three minutes, somebody ran up behind me and tapped me on the butt. I looked, it was her. She said, are you a pastor? I said, Yes. She said, can I come and see you for counseling? I said, interesting. I said, okay. <laughs> so I said, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous. God didn't want me to speak to her, but he wanted her to speak to me. I said, I get it, I get it. I understand. No. So, <laughs> so, 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 this was on day. This was on day. So I said, come on Tuesday. Now, on that Tuesday... I always fasted on my counseling days. And so I fasted and I slept off. And then as I was waking up from my sleep, I heard a voice in my right ear saying, she's a prostitute. I looked around, there was nobody in my room. Who is a prostitute? But I was only seeing one person that day. Anyway, to cut a long story short, it was her. And she was sitting behind me, talking with eloquent speaking English. She was actually not Nigerian, she was from another... Uh, Kenya or somewhere like that. And as I was talking, God said, tell her. I said, ah, are you sure? <laughs> so, to cut a long story short, I said to her, I said, and as I was about to say it, I moved back. <laughs> Make sure her hand, that is not long enough to reach me. I said, God said to tell you, you are a prostitute. And she broke down and started crying. She said, it is true. And then, I now develop holy boldness. Now that that one worked, I said, and God said to tell you, if you don't stop, you will contract AIDS and you will die. He said, he has already told me that. Now listen to this. If I didn't hear God's voice and I went and used my own high sense, my desire, my sanctified cosmic sense and the circumstances, and I, I could have been married to a prostitute. This morning, I believe God wants to speak to you. Let's stand up as we pray. He wants to talk to you like never before. Before I, I hand over this, the mic, I want you to lift up your hands wherever you are and begin to speak to God. That as I come, as we enter into we come to the end of 2014 and 2013 and come into transition into 2014. Lord, open my ears. 
open my eyes open my heart help me not make mistakes help me hear your voice and make the right decisions father lord we thank you for your people we ask that you speak to their hearts begin to sensitize them make them closer to you so that they enter into 2014 breaking through in every area of their lives in jesus mighty name we pray amen god bless you everybody i'll be signing my books afterwards and saying hello to you guys god bless you